Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, The Life, you'll study the life of Jesus. Who is he? What is he really like? Does he care about me? Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. They found biblical answers and now share their experience of freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we would like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose and our series, The Life. And this is program number 60. And uh, what we're talking about is this is very similar to our previous program about Jesus riding into Jerusalem um, on the donkey. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Once again, it's, if, if you want to look this program up on our website at a later time at www.justasiamministries.com, it's program number 60 on the series of life. And, and there are a lot of other um, series there. Boy, there is. The there's uh, addiction series, emotion series. There's Kingdom of God. Yeah, there's uh, questions from prison. There's a lot of different... Object lessons. Yeah, object lessons. There's Mm -hmm. probably five, six, maybe seven series on there. Mm -hmm. A lot of programs. Also, we are are now on Sirius Satellite XM uh, Radio. Um, Going through my notes here, Sirius Satellite XM uh, Channel 131, Family Talk. And we're on WAVA in Washington, D.C., as well as WYLL in Chicago. And so we want to thank everybody for their uh, generosity in helping us to keep going and to to actually uh, become a nationally uh, broadcasted radio program. And who would have thought 11 years ago that that was going to happen? Who would have Uh, thought 20-some years ago that, you know— both Rich and I, I think that we have a similar um, understanding of what our condition was in the time when we, uh, before we got clean and sober, was that um, there was no hope left for us. The only hope that we had was that we were going to die of our addiction. And um, I know there's a lot of people out there who are either struggling themselves or people that they know and love who are who are struggling with addiction and um to whatever it may be, and uh, it just seems like sometimes people aren't hitting their bottom, and because a lot of times when you hit your bottom, there's and I think that's what happened to Rich and I is that we finally hit our bottom, and there was no place else to look but up. Yeah, and I don't know how God does it, but he he, he kind of put it. It was something that went on with me was was like, Rich, aren't you tired of hurting people? And I never, and I, I'd never thought about that. I think it was when Susan kicked me to the curb. Remember, you got out of, you got out of jail that last time, and I rolled in, and you said, "You get out of here. I'm going to call the law." And I, it was on the way home, and when I got back to my place, it was like, you know, Rich, 41 years, your way hasn't worked. Aren't you tired of hurting people? Right. You know. I mean, and, how long is this going to go on? Right, and then and for and you know, Rich was what forty two. I was forty one. Yeah, I was forty. He was forty one. I was thirty five or thirty six. And so the thing is, is um, you know, there is always hope as long as there's life. There's hope. There is so much 
pain and destruction and evil in this world that draws people to medicate themselves for on whatever it may be, whether it's spending money or, uh, you know. Soap operas, whatever, whatever. Television, drugs, alcohol, whatever it may be, power. Um, but, Climbing up the corporate ladder, right, the, whatever. But, right, but there is always the answer, and um, God is always there. And sometimes as people— you know, if if we have a loved one who's struggling in that way, sometimes the most important thing that we can do is to continue to pray for them. And sometimes that prayer um, needs to be, God, I'd, I am at the end of what I know humanly to do, so please bring someone else into their life that can right. do something that I'm unable to do. That's a really important point that you're making, because a lot of times, you know, we just think, if I could only help them, if I could only right. help well, a lot right. of times— we are not the one that is equipped to help people. Right. I know for you, you had you needed to go to jail. I you needed, needed to, to go to jail. You needed to get clean for a while right. um, to be able to sit down, be quiet long enough for that Holy Spirit to actually talk to you. And I, and I know some some people prayed for you, but you know one thing, a little a phrase, and I wrote a song about that that we'd finally run out of lies. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because what really all sin is is creating an alternate reality. You, everybody lives in their own little alternate reality, and we create that alternate reality. It's not really real. It's just the lens we're looking through. Well, and so then we make excuses and judgments and to substantiate all of our bad choices. Well, right, and and I think that sometimes for people who have you know gone down the road of addiction or alcoholism or whatever, probably the biggest lie is is that I've already done too much. Yeah damage in my life, there is no hope for me, or there's no way to come back, or, you know, what's the point of it? Yeah. And um, so, you know, the, the the greatest joy is being able to get up in the morning, to wake up in the morning, and to, you know, to be able to look in the mirror and to, to be able to be the person that I am without the need to um, cover things up. Mm-hmm. So to live inside my own skin free from, you know, those things that that want to um, hide who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, we, we're all, we're all, I think at some point we experience this stuff sometimes in and out of every day, but um, I think that the Holy Spirit is, helps each person grow in their own time. Yeah, yeah, and that's the whole thing. We're all right. a work in progress. And Absolutely. If we, we've gotta Nobody's rem- perfect. Got to remember that. It took, right. it took a long time for me to tangle my brain into a bird's nest. God's got to untangle that up, and he right. does that in his own time, not my time. I mess it up. Right. He 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 straightens it all and, out. And I think when the Bible talks about perfection, and maybe I'm totally off base on this, I think it's our, our it's about, see, because I can never be perfect because God is perfect, but if I can have perfect trust in him. There you go. You know, that, and, and that can look different, I think, every day. Sure. What is what is my trust in him, you know, look like today? Yeah. It's just like, you know, my um my dad passed away 23 years ago and it was recently his birthday and I and I was two almost 2 years clean and sober when the event happened. And my trust at that time was God's going to get me through this without me having to go back and start using meth again. I had to trust that God was going to carry me through the most horrific, you know, it was just it was devastating. It was tough. But you know what? Day by day, he he sustained me somehow. And yeah, I, I, you don't know how that works, no. but it does. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, you know what? We never prayed. Can oh. we can we pray before we get yes. going here? Or Sorry. we've already got going, but yes. uh, let's let's have a word of Lord, prayer. we thank you for um what you do in our lives to change us and to help us to uh, become people who trust you. And we just ask now that you would send your Holy Spirit to be with us as we talk about your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, Yeah, and you know what? We talked a little bit last time about design law, and I just wanted to touch on that before we talk about Jesus writing uh, into Jerusalem again and and all of that, what that meant. But, uh, you know, f- there are certain things that happen, certain consequences that happen to certain things that we do. And they're basically, they're unavoidable, unavoidable because that's the way the universe is set up. Right. If I go underwater and I try to breathe, the things are set up, the law of respiration is set up that I cannot breathe underwater. God is not going to change the law of respiration to meet me in my fallen state underwater. I need to be, if, if especially if I'm drowning underwater in 10 feet of water, I need someone to pull me out of the water and restore me back into harmony with the way the laws of respiration works. It's the same thing with sin. You and I, we were drowning in addiction and drowning in sin. God is not going to change the law of self-medication and all of that stuff that goes on as we start to burn brain cells and go down false dopamine rushes and go through the euphoric euphoric and the dysphoria of all that stuff as mm-hmm. we change our brains God's not going to change those laws to meet us in our fallen state. We need to be removed from that situation. And you were in jail, Mm -hmm. and I was when God tapped me on the shoulder, and he got us out of there, restored us back into harmony with the way things operate in regards to drugs and alcohol. And we were able to think a little bit clearly and invite him more and more into our heart. And so, But the thing is, is what we have to remember is that the restoration was, was... the ability to say no to the drugs because restoration is still happening after Constantly. what twenty five years because yeah. you know in the beginning it it was very difficult when when we got clean and sober and and trying to manage life and learning how to pay bills and learning how to stay awake all day because yeah. you don't have drugs to keep you awake and you've you've like you said you've ruined your dopamine system and so so you it's important yeah you, what you brought up is really important because what God did initially I firmly believe is our use of drugs and alcohol was due to the fact that we were running on fear mm-hmm. we were fear motivated selfishly motivated. And so what God did was he took that fear of all those bad things, that, you know, all of that shame, all of that fear, all of that, that closed book that's down that corridor in your brain. Mm-hmm. And he took that and he laid it open. And he said, don't worry about this. Right. I got this. Right. And all of a sudden it was like, it was like somebody, t- you know, which just took, took a, the blinders took off, the blinders off, the, the sky got bluer, the trees got greener. And that lead, that lead weight that was on my shoulders got lifted. And it was just like, okay, it's history. We can't erase it. Don't worry about it. I got it. Look, and then, and then you know, of course, we started reading the Bible, and we started to see that every other hero in the Bible had baggage mostly worse than what we thought we had, or at least very— On the same level. On the right. same level. 
and we're thinking, wow, the Bible's not about David and Solomon. It's about what God could do with a David and a Solomon. Right. So my life is not about me. Right. It's what God can do with me. It's about me. the God that you let in to come in exactly. and change your heart. And right. then when, when you change, when you start looking at life in that perspective, it's not about me. It's about what God can do with me. So he doesn't, you know, he doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. Right. And so now I'm thinking, oh, this is a whole different thing. It's a whole different um, uh, lens that we look through Yeah, now. take myself out of the center, right. put God in the center and say, okay, what can he do with me? And so the, the fear and the insecurities go away and so do the symptoms of the disease, which is the anger, the jealousy, the addictions, the alcohol, the, the drugs. Resentment. All the resentments, right. you know, and all that stuff, the inability to forgive, mm-hmm. when God takes all that away. and Gossip. Inab- the gossip, yeah, those yeah. things that, that kill us. Right. Those are design laws. The things that we, us. The things that we invite into our lives to hide our own sinfulness and our own shamefulness. Yeah, to right? make ourselves look better, right. that alternate reality that we produce so that we can look better in our own little reality. Right. And once again, we say, that, you know, like an inability to forgive is like drinking poison, hoping the other person dies. It's a design law. Right. An inability to forgive will not free you. It will trap you. Right. It will change your brain until finally you can no longer forgive anyone, forgive yourself, or accept God's forgiveness. And that's why sin causes death. Right. The wages of sin is death. We change our brain so much that we lose the very capacity to accept God's love. Mm-hmm. And that's a scary place to be. But as long as you're struggling, as long as you know that that, that God is there, that you need a Savior, right. not to worry. He's there. Right. So Jesus, he enters Jerusalem on a donkey, and thousands go out to welcome him. And they have the palm branches. We talked about it in our last, uh, our last program. And there's palm branches, and there's uh, olive branches. And, the you know, the priests and the rulers, they get a little bit nervous, and they say the world has gone after him. Right. So what happened the day that Jesus wrote into your life? Is he different now to you than the day he wrote in? Is he? I don't. That's a good question. You know, I think that sometimes some days can be, I can be a little bit complacent Mm -hmm. as far as my um, amazement as to what God... um, you know, what his characteristics are and how he's impacted my life and and the miracles that he's, um, you know, performed in in and around my life and in Mm -hmm. my heart and my mind. So I think that sometimes I can get complacent in looking at that, but I hope that he's not any different. I mean, I just hope it's getting better and better. Yeah, see, and for me... I, I, not that I'm any less selfish, but I, you know, being, being the selfish guy that I am, when he, when he rode into my Jerusalem up between my ears, when mm-hmm. he rode into that city, right. I was interested in one thing, getting off the hook. Cause I'd done a lot of bad things. And you know, like I say, it's like being in the dentist office and he late, he pulls that lead weight off after the x-ray. Mm-hmm. You don't even notice it on there, but right. when it comes off, you're going, and so I'm going, I'm forgiven. Right. I'm forgiven. The shame's gone. Right. I'm like everybody else. Everybody else pulled this stuff too. So, right. so the shame is gone. But then, as as I move through my life, I notice that you know what, Rich, it's not what he can do for you; 
It's what can you do for him? Mm-hmm. And that's why, why, I mean, why did they crucify him? It's real simple why they crucified Jesus. I mean, he comes into town, everybody's super excited. A week later, they're nailing him to the cross. Right. You know why? Mm. He got arrested. Mm-hmm. But why? Well, they he was supposed to take care of the Romans. Right. But he didn't. The right. Romans took care of him. Right. Do you see how everything got— And the got, religious leaders. And the religious leaders. And, and he was supposed to crush the Romans. Instead, he gets arrested by them. No Messiah of ours could ever get arrested by the ones he's supposed to annihilate. That was in their mindset. Right. And so that's the thing that I think we have to ask ourselves today, today is, what kind of a God do we have? Does he look like Jesus? Is he too embarrassing to say, my God wins by love and not by force and coercion? Do we still need to throw some force and coercion in there? Maybe call it justice. Yeah, you know, and that's it. We we just we need him to 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 even things out. To, even things you know, out. To take the the um, the scales and say, well, I've been hurt this much, so I expect God to make them to hurt retaliate, that much. Make them yeah. hurt that much. How right. much do you think? If there would have been one willing heart amongst those Pharisees that threw that woman down in adultery, how much do you think? If they would have had an open mind and heart, would it have been, when Jesus wrote their sins in the dust, mm-hmm. would it have been like heaping hot beds of coal, of uh, uh, hot beds of fire on, on their, you know what I mean? Because that's right. a metaphor. It kind of burns it's a burn, It's a burning conscience, right? Because they looked, what did he do? Jesus, in, in this time, he protected the reputation of the woman. He protected the reputation of their accusers. But he let them know he knew what they were up to. Mm-hmm. He wins by love. Right. When he nails, he's nailed on the cross, what does he say? Father, forgive them. I forgive you. Let Hold not this sin against them. He's winning by love. Right. And so I think that when I, when I look back at what flashed in my mind was that um, I think that's what propelled me into my addiction and into my unhealthy lifestyle was I felt wronged by God, by God. and by other people in my life and that it wasn't fair. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, if God wasn't going to make things right, then what difference does it matter anyway? And then when I got clean and sober, it was like, well, yes, you want, you know, you want God to make it right. But it, but it, it was not until the point of recognizing that I had to let go of that resentment and mm-hmm. that anger that did the change really happen in my heart. And Jesus says, pray for your enemies. And that's why, because it, it not only breaks down barriers but it creates in you a, a, a healthy mind right and right. and and so god i mean you know jesus asked the woman where are your accusers and she says there, there there's nobody and he says well neither do i condemn right. you you're doing a good enough job of that on your own right. right and then when you think about it in john 13 when he's given the entire world it comes to his realization the entire universe is in his hands he's about to go to the cross all that stuff, it's the Last Supper, and what does he do when he comes to that realization? He, he girds his loins, he kneels down, he, wear, he washes a dozen pair of dirty feet, sits down at the dinner table, and eats dinner with dirty feet. This is the God, the king of the universe. Right. And what he's doing is he's looking at each one of those disciples with the same set of loving eyes as he washes their feet, even the, the feet of his betrayer. Right. This is well, God. And, and Peter was also ended up betraying him. He, he right? did, and he come around. Right. He did come around afterwards. And so that's the thing. It's like God is saying, I know. And, and even for us as human beings, we have betrayed God, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. in, in our treatment of other people, sometimes most likely in our treatment of ourselves. 
And so God is is trying to draw us into that position where we don't have to be destroyed. Right. We you don't know, have to destroy ourselves right. and we don't have to destroy other people. Right. Because Satan wants nothing more than to destroy because the wages of sin, what you get with sin, you're going to win death. But the gift of God, God gives eternal life. He gives that life-saving um the life-saving attributes that can change you for eternity. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so the the problem with Jesus losing his, I don't want to call it the fan base, but the whole thing was is they had different expectations. Right. And I think we've fallen into that trap right. again. We've fallen into the retaliation um, mindset of the world today. Right. Um I know yeah. when, when when the scripture says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and we can always say, yay, God's going to, I'm not going to take um, vengeance out because God's going to get me vengeance in the ending. Yeah, and the f- next few verses simply say, don't return evil with evil, return right. evil with good, and you will get vengeance by heaping coals of fire on their head. Right. Metaphor for their conscience is going to burn. Right. Because this is what good... Good does. Truth truth spoken in love is therapeutic. Right. But it's also painful. Right. It's very painful. And so when Jesus rides into your life, what Jesus do you expect? The children of Israel, they were told. I mean, he's riding in as a king, but they were told back in the day that they shouldn't have a king. In fact, God had strongly advised against them. And so... What happens is they kept begging and begging and begging, so God met them where they were at and gave them a king. Right. He even picked them out. Right, because they wanted to be like all the other nations around them, and they everybody else had a king, they wanted a king. And, and what was the problem with that? It was with a king, with a king, you're going to have to fight your way to through everything, because mm-hmm. that's, what, that's what the nations did. Right. God said, let me be your king, and if you want to take Canaan, when we go to take Canaan, I'll send the hornets ahead of you. I'll drive the animals out slowly but surely, and I'll give you Canaan. But say, no, they said, no, we want a king. So God met them where they were at, and that was the whole thing. That's been the whole thing about recovery. Remember, God will meet you where you're at and use the best you got. Right. You, you, because we're always worried about not being good enough for, for God. Look throughout the Old Testament. God God did not want them to fight their way into Canaan, but he met them where they were at, and he helped them do it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, di- he, he didn't like the fact that David was a man of blood, so he didn't let him build the temple, but he sure helped him go to battle and those things because he met David where he was at, He met the children of Israel where they were at, and he meets each one of us, whether we're addicted, whether we're angry or whatever, he meets us where we're at, and he helps us fight with, you know, remember Rahab? Mm -hmm. The best tool she had was to be able to to help God and the spies was to lie. Right. (laughs) So God says that's the best. And to hide. And to hide the spies. Right. And so that's the best she had, so God used it. And and lo and behold, she's in uh, Hebrews, Hebrews 11. 11. Right. You know, it's, it's, it, this is the whole thing. It's not a cut and dried black and white thing. We're human beings, and we're very weak, very frail, but God will use the best you've got. Right. He will figure—he's he, infinite, and he will, ta- he will take two addicts like Susan and I and, and put us on the radio and hopefully— 
be it's, helpful and and create a ripple effect to, to to tell people about how good he is. Right. You know, he's using the best we got, and we have we have many. Uh, what do you, how how do you say? You need a little fetching up. Yeah, we 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 need a little fetching up. But you know, it God can use you. So don't be able to afraid to to be able to step out in faith. We said it in the last program. God doesn't call the equipped; He equips the called. And let Him into your life. Let Him do. And just watch where He can take you. You yeah. know what I mean. Watch how He can take away your sorrows and your and your burdens and and create a life of peace. Exactly. Exactly. Folks, we got to wrap it up already. Been a quick program. Thank you for listening. We're, uh, you can go to our website, www.justasiamministries.com. All these programs are there. And remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Do you love them? Can I feel his pain and his need? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could it be this simple, the way out of your prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.